Okay, my friends. In this episode, Ben Lafferty stops by, and we're gonna shamelessly plug all his backend projects. Oh no! <laughs> In all seriousness, I asked Ben to come on. Uh, ben is someone that I just I respect you for all the engineering capability. Also, just like I know you're help you're helping now as a peer mentor, a TA, and just um, yeah, is is your openness to being friends is something I, I really appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, on a, on a lighter note, I got one word for you, Ben. My first question has to do with walk a time. Oh, no, not walk time. I'm telling you, like, because uh, these, these past two, like, I, I fell off. And, like, thanks to, like, the walk a time channel here at Make School, we all, like, I kind of like how, you know, Ben, whenever I post my screenshots, he emojis it up, gives me all the enforcement. So anyway. no, my, my walk of time this week's uh, been falling off a little bit. It's uh, it's not doing so good. <laughs> Gonna have to get back on that. All right. Well, what's the number though? This week? Well, I've been. It's kind of biased because I've been playing. I've been coding on my PC. I don't have the walk of time extension. So I think it's only about like ten, fifteen hours this week. Not doing so good. You get back, bro. I know you. Will. I know. I know. <laughs> the point of that, I've, 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 because of that, I like, I finally got back to coding like twenty hours a week this past week and the other week, and I kind of, and I, and I kind of credit you for that, Ben. So, yeah, hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting metric because it doesn't track like time reading documentation or anything either. So it's like just pure like writing code time, which is pretty crazy. So like twenty hours is insane. Yeah, and people like I, I like the highest. There's like the high scores like site there. And like people there, they're like coding like fifteen hours per day. Yeah, those people. I don't know, man. They're crazy. All right. With that, you inspire me to take action on my goals and my dreams. Who inspires you, Ben? Inspires me, bro. It's a good question. I don't know the Musk, Elon Musk. He's a he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know Alan, our uh, CS instructor. He's pretty cool. I inspired to be like him. He's pretty like just the knowledge that he has and stuff is pretty insane. So going to be like some somebody like in that situation would be pretty cool. But yeah, probably probably those two people are the the main two right now. Yeah, that's really interesting because like. Yeah, I kind of think of that too, because like, imagine like how it's just how like they've been doing this for like seventeen years, and like they probably know stuff that like would just go right off. Of, like, we wouldn't even understand it. But like, yeah, well, it's just crazy that you can mention some obscure thing to him, and he'll like have some at least some level of knowledge to it, which is just pretty cool. Yeah, I heard one person. I want to, and I want to get your like opinion on this. One person described it was Zurich, and. He described Alan as the soul of make school. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. He just, I feel like he holds it all together. Amazing. So let's, let's take a step back though. I know you, you said, uh, I know my, for myself, right? I, lo- I like how you mentioned the Elon Musk as the inspiration. Because I know when I started coding in high school, one of the biggest like drivers of that was like watching the Steve Jobs movie and like, like looking at and like realizing all like just how big of an impact like they made. What about what about uh, when you got started coding? Like, was there like a, did you Elon Musk or how did that whole thing get started? So I got started coding. 
I don't know, it's been about two years at this point. Um, I think when I got into it, I, I just built it. I just started doing it to build small projects because I was in the uh, like gaming community. And so there was a lot of um, interaction with technology. And so I had friends that were in it that I could, they could help me out with stuff. And I had like those silly questions or whatever. And I just started building, I think the first things that I really built were Discord bots. Like if you go back on my GitHub, like the first thing I committed was a GitHub, or was a Discord bot. <clears throat> and that's kind of just been a, um, a path for me now. It's like whenever I like learn a new language or something, I build a Discord bot in it because I'm super familiar with the API. It's like, it's just easy to see the difference differences in like nuances in like a framework or a language if i'm interacting with like the discord platform Ooh, okay so it sounds like you probably uh if it's two years ago my math is right that you guys started when you were like 16 15 17 i think because i'm 19 now so it's only yeah it's actually hasn't been very long because i yeah it's i think it's been about two years at this point maybe a little longer, two years, two months, something like that. That is crazy because like there are people that like, I, I just got on a, like a call with an AWS engineer today and he said like some people like, in, he's from India, right? Some people yeah. in like, those countries that like, they start like really theoretical, really academic. It takes them forever to like build something like an actual like Discord bot. Yeah, well, I think just because of how I started, I just started building projects. So I, I didn't, I didn't even know if I wanted to do this full time. I didn't even really know about the. I, I knew computer science was a thing, but I just didn't really. Um, I don't know, know if I was going to go into it until I started building stuff. And I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. It's just like problem solving or whatever. So this gets kind of into uh, being an autodidact. I feel like because maybe maybe it's crazy, but to think like because you were a self-taught programmer and like you were really motivated by those like building projects that kind of helped you go even faster. Oh yeah, for sure. I I I attribute a lot to that to like being able to um, teach myself like new technologies fast, just because I have an interest in it compared to like wanting to make money for from it. For for example amazing so now that you're now that you're a ta well first of all tell me about it because uh what i we're like in separate concentrations so how is the ta life being so i'm like an unofficial ta i haven't actually done the ta thing yet because i just have my time and stuff um but i've just it really started like term one term two i just had i was slightly ahead on the classwork and stuff so i was able to get a bunch of stuff done fast because I'd done that stuff before so then I was just spending I think I spent probably 70% of my time during those first two terms just uh, helping people debug code and helping people fix problems or whatever but I think it was actually incredibly beneficial to myself with like learning how to debug problems and stuff like I can debug any flask problem you throw at me at this point I've seen it all um, but there's just like yeah I, I think that's where it started and I haven't it's not to the same level anymore. It's probably 20% of my time just because I've found other interests and stuff that I'd like to dedicate that to or like interests that um, I, I find challenging and like want to explore more. Mm. But I'm thinking 
like probably first year, senior year, maybe this summer term, um, I'll like become an official TA is kind of what I was thinking. Cause I think I want to get back into that, especially senior year. I think I'll probably TA the entire senior year. Nice. We can definitely talk about those other passions you mentioned. I want to stick on being like, like helping people, for instance. Right. What, tell me about like, what's like the most common like error or like thing people come ask you for help with? Uh, most common. I mean, a lot of stuff is just like basic syntax. Oh, the, the one thing that my least favorite problem to fix for a while was Jinja templating errors because the error codes, they don't error, they just fall through. So when they, when they break or there's like some logic in the ginger code, it doesn't tell you and it just reports it back to like the calling function, but there's no way of knowing that it's like an actual ginger error, it's the worst. Um, so whenever I got those, like I had one of those problems that took me, it was like a series of them and it was like a four hour debug. It was ridiculous, but yeah, that pro that project was crazy. Um, I don't know, just basic syntax errors. I think are the most common. Yeah. So like somebody just has some some small logic error that they don't that they don't catch right away, or like their linter doesn't catch, and those are pretty pretty easy to fix. Nice. Actually, Heroku too. Heroku bugs getting stuff hosted on Heroku. I fixed. A large amount of those in your opinion is there uh i know some people say like there's no such thing as a dumb question in your opinion is there such a thing as a bad like something that people should not should or like they should i don't know i don't know how to phrase it but like what's like the type of error you don't like helping people with well i don't know i don't think there's such thing as a, a dumb question per se, like I won't, if somebody comes up to me asking for some help on something, I'll help them. But there's some questions that I feel like it'd be beneficial for them to try and figure it out on their self or like on their own or like Google it or something like that. Because some of those are like the way I'll fix half, like probably 80% of people's problems is I'll just like Google the error code and like look at the second stack overflow post and it's like there's some obscure fix to it. And it's like, oh, okay. But I think getting the habit of doing that instead of asking for help is probably beneficial. It's something that I've definitely struggled with is like reaching out for help when I'm like stuck on something instead of um, instead of just like reaching out to like Alan or somebody, Vincenzo, somebody like that who's had a ton of experience in like that thing I was working on compared to spending like three hours Googling. But I think there's definitely a healthy balance there where if you like have a combination of both of those things where you're not afraid to reach out to other people and get assistance, but at the same time, um, knowing how to Google stuff, I think is probably the, the healthiest balance there. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like for a lot of people to hear, like even the best programmers don't know it all. Right. Oh yeah. I'm constantly struggling with stuff. <laughs> like I'm, yeah, there's, it's just an endless struggle. That's all it is. <laughs> like what's gonna happen like I, I think of it like we're both firefighters like what's gonna happen after this interview i'm gonna go back i'm gonna work on my cs it's gonna be like what problems with it you're gonna do like some backend project or one of these things and like there's gonna be like just fires everywhere yeah that's i was working on the uh the tree homework or like the try homework the prefix tree homework the yesterday 
And I, that was just a, a game of chasing fires. That's all that thing was. Like the contains me- or the uh, the autocomplete method and stuff. I don't know, man. <laughs> Come on, man. We, I got, I got it. I got my broken taste, so you can always look at the repo for that. <laughs> will do, will do. What about like, and just like, in, in my other version of like, okay, I don't know the errors, like when, like maybe your parents are like, I don't know, my parents at, like now that like, I'm going to call out for career science, like just like the general IT support person. Oh, yeah. The IT support person. <laughs> I bring it up, like sometimes I think, let's talk about maybe the, like when you're a TA, like what the benefit is to the person as a TA. Cause like just this morning, my mom, uh, had 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 me help her set up her VPN. Yep. Like I can't even. I, I I must ask you. Like how many times do you help someone with something? And like you're just kind of pretending you know what you actually like, what that error actually is. Oh yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Because if you come up to an error and you go like, I have no idea what this is, it just like demoralizes the person. So if you say something like, Oh yeah, I've seen this before. I just need to like do some research on it real quick. I think that is like it's more like it brings up your morale for sure because if you're just like yeah i have no idea what i'm doing somebody who's like getting that help from you will not want to reach out because like oh i could have just tried to do this myself right where even having two people like on that that one-on-one conversation on like a back and forth i think is hugely beneficial if you have those resources you should like a hundred percent take advantage of them Mm. Yeah, and like, it's like sometimes, like sometimes you 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 actually end up you do know like how to help this person. So yeah. like, just like in my world, what happened was like, like full disclosure, I know nothing about VPNs. I'm like I'm like not a back end person, but it turns out my mom had this one thing where like she's a she's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So like now that we're like in like um social distancing. Right. Uh, all the psychiatrists, that's what she is, they have to like, they have to work from home. Yeah. So she was setting up a, a VPN, a remote desktop connection. So like she wanted to like set up our home PC so that she's like still using, she's at home, but she's using her remote, her computer at like the office remotely. Right. So the only thing that was actually, the VPN was working fine. I, I realized it was just like, she never used like the terminal before. <laughs> yeah like type like you need to like type in like ip config and you get your ip address from it right so literally like does that ever happen to, tell me about a time when like you like realize you do know like how to solve this bug and like i think that has ever happened to you like when you know exactly how to fix something but you initially didn't know yeah, I think that happened a fair amount with Flask, just like that comes to mind uh, in whenever that was, term one, term two, because I had done so many of them, they all sort of were interconnected because they're all part of the same framework, right? So you know one error, and then that error like links with this error, so then like you, you fix one part of somebody's code, and then you have that new error, and you can just instantly solve it because you've done it before. And I think that happened a lot in Flask where it's like, there's some weird error here. And then somebody would be like, hey, I have this strange thing going on. I'd never seen it before. And I fix it in like three minutes sort of a thing, right? Where it's like just that complete, because everything is so interconnected, where if you, if you get really good at a framework, you're just able to do, like you're able to learn the parts 
that you don't know very quickly, which I think is part of that. Um, and then I don't really know. I guess for my parents' website, they have a website, and um, I've like kind of built that out. It's like on WordPress. Um, and there's certain things like that, or it's like I'm like I have no idea how to fix this thing, and then like five minutes later, I have it done, sort of a thing, just because just having those the ability to do that problem solving and stuff, I think is huge. Just like going through the steps, even if you don't actually go through the steps, just knowing how to fix something, I think is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess bottom line, being a TA, TA is awesome. I'm looking forward to Ben being a TA this, this fall. Yep. TA, I think maybe summer, summer we'll see. <laughs> Here we go. So you mentioned, and uh, now we can talk about your projects. I know you mentioned you're you're from the gaming community. So I, I'm I'm like I'm not a gamer. So kind of define that for me. Like what? How did you get into gaming? That is a good question. Um, I guess oh, I gotta think back. Um, I guess I first started. What was the first console I had? I guess I had like a Nintendo 3DS probably a long time ago. And then I think I had a Wii and then I had an Xbox 360. And then I had, I think after the Xbox, I got a PC and that is where I got really into gaming was when I got my PC because I could play like all the competitive, um, all the really competitive games. So I think the genre that really stuck with me that now I'm like still just hooked on to this day because of the competitive aspect is like the first person shooter aspect or like the first person shooter genre because of how competitive it is and just like the level of like skill and growth that you can have in that game. It's just like, it's really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am now. Yeah. So I think people like people like listening to this episode, this kind of all builds up to your your ms hideout uh, uh project <laughs> that's gonna be really memorable like people when so tell me like how does being a gamer like like first of all ms hideout it's like is, is it really meant for gamers or why did you build the- um not really the the way the reason that we built ms hideout is for the issue was that a bunch of kids at the school uh, we're not going to see each other for like it could be like up to months, right? And people still wanted to interact with each other. And so there wasn't like a, a single place to do that because Slack has to be too formal. Like you have to really watch what you say and stuff. And there's just a whole lot of rules there. And like, it's hard to like make new channels and have everybody grouped and like voice chats and stuff. It just isn't as seamless as for like just hanging out like Discord is. Um, so I was like, I'll make a a discord server for it and that's sort of where ms hideout came from and so i did that at like the start of intensive i think yeah so that sounds like really the the motivation was like community right so have you noticed people like because i need to spend more time in the discord but do people interact a little bit differently on discord versus um and you touched on upon a little bit but like versus slack or even in person yeah it's definitely more casual so you're it's more of a just like hanging out sort of a thing compared to slack where it's like 
it's more casual, but Slack, you definitely need to be formal and watch what you say and stuff. Like you post a meme that's like slightly offensive and there's bad repercussions, whereas on Discord, people just like laugh or they just don't care or whatever, right? So it's more people just, it's just casual. That's like, that's the whole thing about it, which I like so much. Casual, like a pair of blue jeans. <laughs> exactly, sweatpants. Even more- <laughs> how so for people and i like the way you think man i really just like how you like identify issues and you build stuff like real time i think one thing that really sets you apart is just how fast you move too so give me give me a sense from the time like you said i'm gonna build this hideout to actually like putting it live like how how long was that um i think it was two days three days i think we were discussing it on so alex barksdale and i were discussing about making a discord because we were just hanging out in like one of my discords that i had before so not a make school one and we kept like inviting make school students to it and i was like it'd be way better if we just had a group location to do this so that like there was only make school students so it was just easier to coordinate with that which has already helped out from like what i've seen and we were just like, yeah, let's throw something together maybe. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so we we just threw it up in like two days. And the only reason that it took two days instead of just like throwing it up that day was because of the custom bot that I developed for it. Wow. Yeah. So I remember um, in like term one, I asked you, what is Discord? Like, I think we were just hanging out and like before me, so I, I knew nothing about Discord. So what is the even for someone who doesn't know like what is even the process of building a, a discord bot building a discord bot so i think actually building a discord bot is like an incredibly um it's a it's an easy way to get into programming i feel like it's how i got into programming and i think it's a pretty easy way to get into it because of how good the documentation is and how fast that like response cycle is or like the quote unquote response cycle and that response cycle is like from when you do something in code to where you can actually see it doing something. So like that's why front end web designers and stuff so, or like front end web people have high response cycle because you see something, you do something and then you instantly see a change like on a website. That's why I think getting into like something like data science and back end web is more difficult because you have to do a lot of work before you like see visual output. Or for a back end, for example, you could almost never see visual output. You'll just see like a route or something. It's much more minimal. So like it it offers that large amount of feedback because you like make a change and you instantly can run a command and it just like it has that interface already. So it's like building a back end that already has a front end associated essentially. Mm. And on top of that, like the documentation is just incredible. And there's like a huge community of people wanting to help you. So I think it's a really supportive, easy way to like just slowly get into it. Oh, okay. So is there like a Discord on Discord for people who want to build on Discord? Um, there actually is. There's a server called, um, I think it's the Discord API server. And you can just Google it. It's it's like the unofficial API, but it's partnered and everything. And there's like probably 60,000 members in it. Yeah, there's like 40,000 people online right now. 
And so that has a list of like all the libraries and everything. And there's a library for every single language that you might want to code in. So there's like, if you want to write it in JavaScript, there's two different libraries for JavaScript. If you want to write it in Java, there's three different libraries for writing it in Java. So like it's, that's the other thing is it's so accessible in like any language that you want to, that you want to learn. That's why like I go, I keep going back to it whenever I want to learn a new project because um, there's language support for everything. Right. And it all interfaces with the same API. So if you know the API getting into a new language and just like learning the semantics is pretty easy. That is, that is solid. Uh, cool. So I think your other iconic project for me, like you could, you could literally brand this or something is the MS console. Right. Tell me this. I, I never get tired of like hearing the story. So like, how did MS console become a thing? So it all started, so it was last year. Um, I don't remember the month that it, hap- that it happened, but basically Gary and I were just brainstorming ideas pretty much. We were just like, what could we build? We we're just bored. We wanted to build something new. And um, I was like, what if, this was about the time that the new check-in system was coming out. Um, and so initially the idea was to brute force the attendance code. So like, instead of having to like go to the class and find the attendance code, we would just brute force it and find all the possible combinations and then try just see if we could like guess what the code was essentially. Um, And then I was like, what if we just like made that a legit service where instead of brute forcing, you just put in the code in your terminal and that um, gave you the or that signed you in because developers don't like leaving their terminal people don't want to like scan something with their phone or go to a web page people just like to or at least i i do and so does gary to just like live in the terminal um so to just keep stuff there is what we wanted so i was like oh yeah let's build it so we went home after class that day and we stayed up till 5 a.m. and we just finished the project. We just did the entire thing that night, and that was so so fun. But yeah, that's how that that started. Yeah, I mean, you guys like eating pizza during all this. Like, how do you stay awake through during a, almost an all night an all night coding session? I think we were just staying awake because we wanted to get it done. We kept hitting these like little milestones and stuff. Um, and I don't even think we realized it got so late. All of a sudden, we like finish it and we look at the time, and it was like, "Oh shit, it's five a.m." Um, <laughs> sort of a thing. So I, I don't know. We just, I don't know. We just kept like hitting these small milestones. Like we'd figure out how to authenticate our client um, to the Make School servers, like unofficially and stuff like this. Uh, there were just like these milestones that made us just want to keep going. Yeah. this is like real stuff like like some people who might be listening to this they think it's oh, something out of like the social network or something like that it's like it's a real like person like a real passion so uh, i applaud that if someone were to make a short film about this who would you want to play you who do you want to play me yeah jeez oh, bro putting me on the spot who who would play gary maybe that's an easier question who would play gary Man, both of those are. Maybe you're more of a Will Smith type of fan, or oh yeah, just yeah, he Will Smith can play him. That sounds good. Maybe Idris Elba. 
be pretty funny. Yeah, and I don't know who would play me. Come back. Maybe I get maybe I get Elon Musk to play me. <laughs> Make one of his cameos. Yeah, just like an Iron Man. Like I don't know. Yeah, that'd be incredible. My my third my third big project I want to ask you about is the the newest Make School YC startup PaySplit. Right, PaySplit. Yeah, I noticed you were part of the GitHub organization for that. So how did you kind of get involved with uh, PaySplit? First of all, like what is PaySplit? Like for people who don't know. Yeah, so the quick rundown on PaySplit um, is: say you're at a restaurant and you're with a bunch of friends, comes time to pay for the bill. Um, you like either have to get the waiter to split the check and that sometimes can take up to an hour or they'll get it wrong like 90% of the time and it's just a huge hassle for them. Or like one person has to pay for it and then you have to like do all the back of the back of the napkin math as they say um, to calculate like who pays what, who pays what part of the tip, what the taxes are going to be. There's just a lot of math behind it. Um, and it's just, again, a hassle. So the solution that we came up with is all you do is take a picture of your receipt. And once you have a picture of your receipt, you um, add your friends to this like virtual group, essentially. And you just like assign them the items that they, that they ate. Um, it's pretty much all it is. And then with one button, it sends a Venmo request out to all of your friends. And after that, it like keeps track of them. So it knows who's paid and who hasn't paid and like can send like notifications and stuff to them to like, hey, remember to pay sort of a thing. Um, so it's just easy to keep track of all that, that stuff while making the payment process easy. Yeah, definitely. I, I honestly, I do not use restaurants a lot, but I, I gotta say, cause like, I think that's one of the cool things, like it makes we get to build team projects. So from a, like a team perspective, how did you like, what did you find challenging about this project and did it, did it help? So this is one of the first big team projects I worked on besides um, like the small internship that I did. So we have a team of 10 people, I think right now. And when I joined, it was like six, something like that, five, something like, yeah, some, some, it was probably about half what it is right now. Um, and the way it started is that Timo and Elliot were looking for another backend developer. And I'd been talking with Elliot, I think, um, a couple days before about some hackathon project that he was working on. And uh, he then came up to me a couple days later. I was like, hey, hey, are you interested in joining this thing? You seem knowledgeable in backend development or whatever. Um, and we're looking for another backend developer. And that's kind of how it started. Um, had a couple meetings, and yeah, seemed like a good team. So that's where that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So looking ahead, like to to your new internships and in the future, what do you look for in in deciding your next big thing to work on? I can tell it's a lot of like helping people, help sorting out the hassles, helping the community. What is like your next big interest? Do you think? Um, that's a good question. That's always something that I'm struggling with. Like what is the next thing I want to build? Cause I've done other like small projects on the side just because I find them interesting. So I think 
the big thing that like drives me is like, I just have to find the thing that I'm building interesting. If I don't find it interesting or it's like a monotonous task, I'm just not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna dedicate time to it or anything like that. Um, so I just have to find something that I'm just really interested in. Yeah. So what, maybe what is your, uh, your current, I know for me, like I also get like really, that's like one of the biggest challenges I think, Cause I have like that put like journals of ideas down. Like I'm always trying to ideate cause you got to keep track of it. Um, but what are your summer plans? I know you have an internship coming up soon. So I was going to do an internship at Tesla. I had that, I was in discussions and I got an offer from them, but it wasn't the exact role that I wanted. And I realized that if I didn't take it, I could graduate earlier. So I could graduate in, may compared to end of next summer pretty much um, because i can just go straight into an internship slash job um, next may instead of taking an internship uh, next summer so i can just quote unquote, i can graduate earlier because i'll just get the credits and then just be done um so i actually turned it down you know which is a funny thing to say but i am no longer gonna do that this summer but I love the guy that the whole process there was incredible, but it just wasn't the exact position that I wanted to be at. So, so this, this whole summer is going to be coding it, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm pretty, pretty off this summer. I'm probably just going to keep, keep doing my five class thing and uh, <laughs> hanging out, building small projects. Amazing. Yeah, I, I can, I can totally see you going back to Tesla though. Go, go meet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a huge interest in that company. I, I think that's definitely somewhere that I could end up. And it just has to be on the right team, I think, is the biggest thing. It was a hard decision to make, but I think it's, I think it's the right one. But we'll see. <laughs> and that, it sounds really mature, like, because uh, it's like rather than just jumping on the wagon too soon, like staying in, staying in school, man, make, making, cause like, I don't know about you. I, I kind of enjoy being a student too much too. Like, cause people tell me, I was saying you should go get an internship, but I'm like, I got my podcast here. I got, I got, I got my, I got you here, Ben. I got <laughs> the snow out here. Like, I think the experience would have been incredible just because from the internship that I had before, um, it was incredible experience. I learned so much because just with these people that know way more than you'll, than you will in the next, like in years to come and just having access to those people, at least at like where I was before was invaluable because they were just super supportive on like, you can ask any questions sort of a thing or like, what are you working on? And it was just a really cool experience. Um, so if it had been the right position, I would have taken it. But now with this whole COVID-19 thing, I think most of them are going to be remote so that that access that is provided through like just having people around you is going to be hurt by that, which kind of sucks for people that are doing something this summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it would be like interesting just like in general, what COVID means for like our culture. Um, can I ask you about that, that previous internship that we're like slowly around? I know it, it was at rover.com, right? Right. Okay. What is, tell me about Rover. What, what it's all about. So Rover is like, they're kind of like the, the easiest way to describe them. It's like Uber for dogs, essentially. So you just like rent Uber services. So it's like 
there's all sorts of services that they provide for dogs. So like you can get somebody to come walk your dog or you can get somebody to like come dog sit your dog, whatever. Right. In that vein of things. So it's just dog related services. So the way that I got associated with them is in Telluride where I used to live, there's this program called the Pintern or like the Pinhead Institute and they provide a program called Pinternships for um, rising high school seniors, I think. And the way it works is like you go spend a month somewhere at some company um, in like your field of interest. And then they, like, it's like paid for and everything. So you just go and you learn about like a field that you're interested in and see if that's like actually what you want to do. So the way I got to Rover is that a previous pin turn was working there and we got connected with him and I was like, Hey, do you guys do internships or could you take somebody on as like a shadow slash intern for like a month or something? And uh, yeah, that's how it all got worked out. Yeah. Is that like a naming convention too? Like a pin turn and like, I know you, you volunteered at the pin head Institute. Is that like yeah, it's the same company or the same organization. It's not just the no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I know you did some volunteering over there at like the Pinhead Institute, so I can see you, you, you're like you're, you're, you're helping yourself grow and you're helping other people, like little people. Yeah, uh, yeah, helped a bunch of um, smaller kids just sort of be interested in STEM. So we had people playing like different games and stuff that were related to STEM just to like get them into it because you can't hold a uh, like six-year-old's attention very long with like actual coding stuff. So it was like all that scratch, like drag and drop and whatever, but a bunch of kids were super interested in it, which is cool. Amazing. Did you ever, like, did, I'm just curious, did your parents ever like, were they really technically inclined or were? No, they- not at all. <laughs> Not at all. No, neither of them are. Wow. So what kind of what kind of family you come up in? Um so my mom is or she was a like sort of a guide for a while and then she was pretty much stayed home with me and my uh sister. And then my dad is a massage therapist. Oh right. I think I think you might have told me one time. So you were never probably, I guess you were never the, the kid, like, like maybe just a, a natural born hacker, like from six years old coding stuff up. No, that was not me. I like, I did some tinkering and stuff when I was younger. Cause I had some friends that were super into that, just like soldering and like that sort of thing, but nothing code related until yeah, only a couple of years ago. I'm pretty fresh to the game. <laughs> yeah. But you're making big strides and, and I respect that. Appreciate it. So we're coming to the end of the episode here. I got like just a lightning round. So I'll say something. I want you, I want you to give me your first thought response. This is a psychiatrist trick, by the way, I guess, because like, my mom's a psychiatrist. Right, right. <laughs> first word, cod. Cod, trash. <laughs> say that again. Gaming. Gaming, fun. Um, community yeah internships internships incredible experience yeah Mm. uh hacking 
very fun. <laughs> Nefarious. Okay. Dogs? The best. Um, quizzes? Ugh, not fun. Uh, teamwork? Very important, even if not always the most fun. Debugging? A necessity in life. <laughs> final, final word on, I'm, I'm kind of freestyling here now, but hideouts. Hideouts? Oh, man. I don't know. Away from coronavirus. <laughs> We're going to stick this out until we see each other in August again, hopefully. I know. Hopefully. Well, actually, we'll see. Are you going to come back for the summer, or are you in Massachusetts for? Yeah, if they if they open up, if Make School opens up early for sure, I'm coming up. I'm coming back to SF. Yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping that. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I know they're going to be like half remote though, so still going to be a bunch of people missing. Yeah. So Ben, we're at at the end of every, every episode. The last question is actually asked by the guest. So. What question do you have for the Make School audience that listens? It can be like, I don't know, any type of poll question or just a random thing. What would you like to ask the Make Maker Nation? For the audience, what kind of question? Just give me a second. I got to think about that one. I'm not prepared. Um. What got you into coding? I'm curious. I'm curious what got people into coding. Amazing. Okay. You've heard you've heard how I got into it. I'm curious how you guys got into it. There we go. We'll get answers on uh, Slack and definitely also on your on your Discord bot now. <laughs> the Discord bot. I love it. It's, it's like just blow it up, man. Just just. Yeah, I think that's gonna be one of my next uh, projects. I'm writing a new one. Cool. So with that, Ben, thank you so much for coming on at the end of the episode, but conversation will never end. Uh, for, I look forward to having you back on and uh, have a great day, my friend. Yeah, you as well. Have a good one, man. We out. Later.